Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is episode three of the Dyslexia Mom Boss podcast. Now, in this episode, we are going to explore what self-regulation looks like in motherhood. So if that is something that you are like, what is she talking about? Wait a second, I really need those skills. This is the episode you want to tune into. So let's delve in. Hello and welcome to the Dyslexia Mom Boss Podcast, the show that helps you not only feel empowered and knowledgeable, but confident and a boss mom in the dyslexia journey. I'm your host, Dr. Lauren. All right, welcome back. Hello and welcome back. This is episode three of the Dyslexia Mom Boss Podcast. Uh, last week, we delved into the importance of boundaries and why we as moms need them, or really anybody needs them. But of course, this is the Dyslexia Mom Boss podcast, and so moms are my audience. And if you're like, wait a second, boundaries, I, I need that, go back and listen after this or before this, whatever you're comfortable with. But I, um, all of these episodes are so- solutions, takeaways, tips, things that can really help you in the journey. So in today's episode, we are going to talk about self-regulation and why we need this skill in motherhood. So you're going to walk away with five tips to learn how to self-regulate. You ready for a little therapy? Of course you are. But before we get into it, you're probably thinking, hmm, Dr. Lauren, I'm here to be a dyslexia mom boss. I thought... Um, I was going to be equipped with understanding the dyslexia jargon and the terms and the knowledge and so on and so forth. Yes, you are. And we will get into that. But it's important for you to understand, as I said before in other episodes, I'm all about building the foundation and I am a holistic approach person. And I believe in really looking at the whole person. And I truly believe that we can take, we can't take in information until we really understand where we are and where we're going. Because let's be honest here, when our children are hurt or in pain, whether it's physically or emotionally, we will do anything and everything to fix it, to make it better. But we've got to learn the skills to regulate our emotions, to be able to think logically when the tough gets going. Right. And when I mean that, what I mean by that is when you were in those rough parent teacher conferences or the IEP meeting that went wrong, or you're in the early stages of trying to find the resources to get your child evaluated, there can be a whole slew of emotions that are bubbling up for you. And, you know, it's important to understand you might be going through all the, what is it, seven stages of grief, you might be angry and crying and in disbelief and in denial, like all those things. And you know what? I'm here to tell you that's okay. But what we need to equip you with is knowing how to self-regulate. So 
Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to use one example for each self-regulation tip. This is just how my brain works. I think this will make it easier for you to understand. Uh, And this is a true story. Don't we love true stories? I love true crime. I don't know if if there are any other true crime uh, murder mystery people out there, but that's my jam. But this is a true story with my four-year-old daughter. So if you have any toddlers out there, is that still considered toddler age? even know. Preschool aged, I guess, my four-year-old preschool aged. If you have any preschool aged kids out there, you're going to relate to this. So this is for all those busy moms um, who are working and commuting. You'll really understand the story. Now, not saying the stay-at-home moms can't understand this. You definitely will. But if you're a mom who commutes and then, you know, you, you got your full-time day job, then you got to come home and you got to be mom and you got to do laundry, you got to cook, you got to find time for yourself. You might ignore your spouse and, you know, whatever it is, I've been there. And this is actually before I left the classroom. Uh, this was actually a few weeks before I left the classroom. So this is a true story. So it was, I want you to really visualize this, okay? So it was a 90 degree plus day, like 95 degrees, whatever it was. I was hot. I was annoyed. I was really sticky. Like it was just nasty. I, you know, you guys know I'm from Maryland and there the humidity here is disgusting. So when it's like anything over 80 degrees and the sun is out, forget it. I mean, you want to take like three showers a day. So, you know, I'm in my work clothes and, uh, you know, I try to get in exercise at least five times per week. So as I've said to you before, those of you who are new to my podcast, I'm a former D1 athlete. I personally, and we'll delve into this um, later, maybe this episode or another one, but like I personally have to work out for my mental health. It's not about like, oh, I need to be thin. It's more about uh, I release endorphins. (laughs) It's a way for me to kind of get away and pour into me. So I try to work out at least five times per week, right? And for me personally, I have a window of time. And when that window closes, it's game over. And so the thought of commuting, working out, making dinner, then getting ready, then getting my toddler ready for bed was really exhausting. I mean, and honestly, that was the hamster wheel that I was on for such a long time. And I'm like, gosh, there's got to be more to life than this. (laughs) So this happened in the final week of my god-awful commute to my schools. I live in the suburbs of Baltimore. I was commuting into Baltimore every day. And if 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 any of you know the DMV traffic, it's not it's not fun. It's not good. Sometimes it could take me 25 to get 25 minutes to get to work or an hour. So it it really depends. So again, anyway, back to the story. So I'm commuting and um, you know, traffic was really really bad. It took me over an hour to get home that that specific day. And usually I pick up my daughter on my way home from work. And so her school is like right across the street from where our neighborhood is. So, you know, I get off the highway and I'm like, all right, I'm going to go pick her up. So typically I'm expected to get greeted and she usually is very happy to see me. I'm, I'm greeted with joyful hugs and smiles. But this day, mm-mm, nope, I was ignored. Arms were crossed and there was no movement from her. And I got to tell you, it's a room full of kids and there's a teacher and boy, was this a fishbowl. I mean, literally, I was like, okay, I'm not going to drag my kid out here. I'm not going to yell at her. That's going to make me look really bad. But I am really 
not having it. So it was obvious she didn't want to leave. And I was in no mood to have a power struggle with a four-year-old. So you know what I did? I took the opportunity to practice my own self-regulation tips. So tip number one, reframe the behavior. Okay. So instead of me saying, why is this child not listening to me? I'm going to just react. I'm going to say, mommy's tired. It's time to go home. You know, that's that's a power struggle right there. And then on top of it, it's going to make me look really ridiculous in front of other four and five-year-olds and her teacher. So uh, that's not a good look. That's not a good look. So what I did was I said, you know what? I thought to myself, I said, self, no, I'm just kidding. Now I said, this is an opportunity for me to get my workout in. So I told her calmly and lovingly that she could stay and play. And she wanted to play a game because when I came in, they were they were just starting a game. So, you know, I, I felt comfortable enough to be like, okay, this is a compromise. She gets to continue her game. I get to go release some endorphins. And then after I told her that, I said, okay, well, daddy will pick you up later. You know, our her school's right across the street from our neighborhood. So it really wasn't too big of a deal. She was fine. So I reframed that behavior. So instead of me getting really angry about it, I was like, you know what? I'm going to use this as an opportunity. And to be honest with you, when you're a parent, you you have to be opportunistic. You have to find the time to do what you need to do for you because you have to pour into yourself. Okay, so tip number two is recognize the stressor. Now, if you don't have tools to know when you're feeling anxious or annoyed or angry, whatever the case is, if you don't, if you don't have a radar for that, you're probably not going to be able to recognize that stressor. So, I mean, we can delve into that um, in a later episode. But tip number two to self-regulate is when you do have those tools, you got to recognize the stressor. So I already knew walking into her school, I was annoyed, tired, and pushing through to try to get my own needs met. I mean, I was I was sitting in traffic longer than I expected. Um you know, I think I had to go to the bathroom. I was sweaty. I really wanted to wash my hands and take a shower. I just felt awful. And so because of this, I knew I had to pick my battles. And and I know my daughter well enough to know if she senses any, you know, sort of weakness, any sort of like, ooh, I can take advantage, she, it's going to get worse. And so I just had to keep calm. I had to recognize my stressor. And then step number three is to reduce the stressor. So once you recognize that you're stressed, how do you reduce that? And so for me, I reduced that stressor by dropping the metaphorical rope and letting her get what she wanted, but I also got what I wanted, which was a workout. So in her mind, she's probably thinking, oh, good, I got to hang out with my friends and play. Or she could have been like, wait a second, mommy was supposed to get mad at me. And, you know, whatever happens in a four-year-old's brain, it's so silly. But the point was, is that I wasn't interested in doing the back and forth. And I made it crystal clear, you want to play, mommy will let daddy know, and then he'll come pick you up. So step number four is to reflect. This is a big one. And I know sometimes we don't feel like we have the time to do that, but you have to make the time. If it's important for you, you'll prioritize it. So after I worked out, you know, I had released those endorphins and I was able to think clearly and sharply. 
and realize I actually made a good choice. There was no emotional damage that was done because that's the thing. If you're not self-regulated, you yell at your kids, you say things you don't mean. And depending on if you do the repair, that's when your kid starts internalizing that they did something wrong or they're not good enough or whatever the case might be. So it's so important for us to really understand those stressors, reduce the stressors and reflect on, was that a good choice? And if it wasn't a good choice, how do I go back and do the repair? Because I'm not saying you can't yell at your kids. You can't have a moment. We're human. I think for me, when I do have those bad moments, I go back later and I acknowledge, first of all, I apologize. And I acknowledge, hey, mommy was really having a hard time. Do you sometimes have hard days? You know, how do you react? How do you um, respond to your friends or your teachers? And so we have a full conversation about it because I want you know, my kids to to be fully functioning adults in society. And like, I'm not saying you can't be angry or frustrated. We have feelings and, and kids have big feelings because they're learning how to self-regulate themselves. That was redundant. They are learning to self-regulate their emotions. So to go back to, to my story, so I was able to re- release my endorphins and I was like, okay, good. You know, I didn't yell at her. I dropped their metaphorical rope. And my husband picked her up and she came home. And then after that, she played outside with her friend and ate dinner. And it it was actually a really good night. And so the last tip that I can offer you is to restore energy. So I personally felt restored because I didn't have any mom guilt to release. I didn't yell. I didn't get angry. I checked my own emotions. I surveyed the playing field. I assessed what I needed and my daughter's needs and asked for what I needed from my husband. And we were able to have a successful evening. And, you know, really... All of this is because I went through these five tips to know how to self-regulate in a situation that really could have gone awry. So I really, truly feel that if you can kind of do the internal work, um, you know, everyone has different triggers. I don't know where you are in your journey. If you've had therapy, if you don't believe in therapy, whatever your mindset is about that. I know for me, I'm a big proponent of therapy. I've been in therapy. I've worked through a lot of things for me to understand why I am the way I am. I react the way I react. And, you know, we are who we are. It's just about understanding who am I and how can I become the best version of myself? And that's really how I live my life every day. You know, I make sure when I wake up, I do my affirmations, I journal, I work out. It That starts off my day right. And honestly, that's me pouring into me at the very start of my day, because if we don't have our oxygen masks on first, there's no way in hell we can really support our children in this stressful journey, because that's really what it is. So as I said in the very beginning, you're probably like, I thought this was the dyslexia mom boss pod. It is. But the first few episodes are all foundational. And and as this podcast grows, you'll see that I'm going to weave in these things in um, situations where you are going to feel like a boss because you're going to say, you know what? That was a real awful IEP meeting. But you know what? I can look at the opportunity. I can look at the the positives in that. I can look at, I was able to advocate. I was able to really push for this accommodation or this whatever. And so I wholeheartedly feel that, you know, these are things that I've learned in my educational journey, also in my, in my um, parenting journey as a mom. So Anyway, all these things happen all the time in our busy mom lives. And so it's so important for us to have strategies and techniques to really think about 
how our actions impact others. So that concludes episode three of the Dyslexia Mom Boss podcast. And this episode focused on self-regulation in motherhood. So as usual, please be sure to follow me on Instagram. Be sure to get on my mailing list. Go to my website, uh, www.thinkdyslexia.me to download the, the free uh, PDF. I have three surprising ways to support your dyslexia child's journey. And of course, as always, please shoot me a DM. I love engaging with followers and meeting new people. So I will see you all next week for episode four. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.